All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Um, I wish I could be joining you under better circumstances. I uh, thought today was going to be a fun podcast, uh, but, you know, I'll get to it later. Had it in the back of my mind. Just the smallest thing. Uh, I think a lot of us Raider fans in the back of their head where we can never just fully relax before a game, before a, a, you know, a winnable game against an opponent that's not having a very good year. We never can just relax, and it's because of games like this, right? because of games like this and uh so yeah the the Raiders got got smacked by the Atlanta Falcons and uh there was like nothing good that happened in the game um and I I will say this right now I understand when the Raiders lose a game I usually go kind of like not media blackout right I'll just listen to some other podcasts maybe some politics maybe something else maybe some comedians I like you know during the week and then come back later in the week, see what see what the next week football podcast and football media uh, is all about. But I usually take a couple of days off, so I understand. If you don't want to hear negative stuff about this podcast, don't don't listen right now. No joke. Just turn it off. Thank you. Catch you catch you hopefully after the next one or for the preview show. I, I totally understand because this is going to get negative. I didn't even really want to uh, record this, uh, you know, because it's it's especially the day of there's, there's a lot of, a lot of bad things happen this game. Um, but nonetheless, uh, if you're still here, you, you're a sicko like me <laughs> talk about this Raiders loss, but, uh, uh, nonetheless, so the Raiders lose to the Falcons. It's bad. It got real bad. Um, this was a must win. This was a must win for them. Uh, we saw the Raiders remaining schedule, right. And, Teams were going like, hey, we got to play the Dolphins and the Colts. Ooh, those are going to be tough. Luckily, there's a lot of other winnable games on the schedule, right? This Falcons game was one of them. I don't know anybody that had this game as a loss before the season. Like, hey, or even, you know, a couple games into the season when when the Dan Quinn era was was coming to an end. And it was like, wow, Falcons, that's going to be easy money, right? But to come out like this against the Falcons, while the Falcons were missing – Julio Jones and Todd Gurley after looking terrible against the Saints who the Raiders beat earlier in the year and and look I know the Saints look a little different than they did in the beginning of the year but again Falcons were abysmal against the Saints and I, I will say I don't think the Falcons played a remarkably great game today I think the Raiders just spun themselves into the ground it, it I, don't, I don't know what it was I it, you have to think because when Carr said after the game that it felt like a flat week of practice, which feels odd, right? When you are when you you, you play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and, and go down to the last damn near last play of the game, last drive of the game for Kansas City to win to win the game, you, you feel okay about that with two winnable games coming up. Like, shouldn't you be humming in practice? Like, all right, cool, we could rattle off a little winning streak here. You know what I mean? Get beat these two really bad opponents and and get right back into this wild card race and really stake our claim in the in the race. But that wasn't the case today. And I and I'd be lying if I said I I can put a positive spin on 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 this win. It's it's real bad. In fact, I said it in the last podcast about Kansas City that the Kansas City loss by itself will not be a bad thing. But what comes after it, if it bleeds into the next week, right? Which it did. I I'd argue way worse than we than we any of us could have thought then that Kansas City loss becomes that turning point for the worse for the season, you know? So th- th- that's not good. 
And it, it's like, were the Raiders listening to the NFL Network stuff? Because it's funny. I watch NFL Network in the morning, like NFL AM. And as a Raider fan, I, lo- I love the Raiders. Been a fan my entire life. Um, it's my favorite sports team out of the favorite sports teams I have. Uh, it's the number one thing I follow year round, like no matter what, even though I'm still a big baseball basketball fan, the Raiders are number one. So I'll watch NFL network and I'll see, uh, Kyle Brandt and Peter Schrager and, uh, Kay Adams, all these people just, Oh man, Nate Brolson, man, the Raiders, they're so, Oh man, they are poised to crush it. John Gruden is back, all the kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll hear it. And I'll say like, this is cool. Thanks for like the positive spin, but I'm like, yo, like, you guys getting a check or something like because it's it almost feels like setting them up for something right and it's like i feel like the raiders got wind of some of that stuff that nfl am stuff and just felt like they could come out here and roll over the falcons without giving their all and it's like man as good as we thought the raiders were for the last 10 games the previous 10 games knew they weren't that good we knew they weren't that good so yeah they come out and and in this game and the offense right away it looks like nah something ain't right Something ain't right. And the, but the defense was getting stops. Got a turnover, right? A little tip ball from, as I think it was Isaiah Johnson uh, that tipped the ball. And uh, right to Jonathan Abram. Okay, cool. Damage control. Still in the game. One score game. Not a big deal. You know what I mean? Not a big deal. Get going. It felt like the Bronco game for a while, right? That starts that Bronco game. Like, look, this defense is playing well. The offense is going to wake up soon, right? Just, just by, you know just by the fact that they've been scoring all year on, on defense is better than this, but it never happened. And I'll tell you what happened, you know, and this has become a hot button subject on Twitter already. It's, it's, it's the car issue. Right. And the thing that sticks out to me is, is when Derek Carr fumbles, right. The fumble itself is bad, but early in the game, I think, I, I didn't think that that game that was going to, you know, put the game out of reach, right? When Carve had that first fumble where he really didn't get hit that hard. It's not like he didn't see the hit coming. He really just got lazy and he, he has small hands. Like he just does like for, for an NFL quarterback. I'm not trying to be like, Hey, put your hands up on the screen, bro. Let's see your hands. I understand. He probably has bigger hands than me. Shit. I know. I'm just saying for an NFL quarterback, hand size is somewhat uh, underrated, but or somewhat overrated, but that could be the side effect of it. Right? Like it could lead to, fumble right in the pocket not being able to hold on um and we see that come out from time to time and after that fumble though after the fumble right just say that that was it that was the end of it and then car snaps out of it but it always seems like he car can throw a pick and bounce back but when he fumbles i feel like he starts seeing ghosts for the rest of the game you know like he really just in the pocket he never looks comfortable again and to be fair i'll get to it but there wasn't a very good pocket for him today. That was also an atrocity. But I feel like he he kind of gets just nervous. Like he's almost expecting – like he's then becomes like, I have to hold on to this ball. If I get hit, I, I'm going to fumble. And then he forgets how to play quarterback, you know? It's just after that first sack fumble that happens, it ends up going to that kind of mode, you know? And, and I, you have to wonder where it's like – our team's just going to send that, not send the house at him early, but are they just going to be hell bent on getting him on the ground early and trying to get that ball out early, knowing that you could kind of take him out of the game that way? Because that seems like what that's what happened in the Patriots game, right? In the Bills game. Like, it, it seemed like, you know, the game was in reach, but those fumbles, he, he's just not the same guy after that. And, and look, I, I, I've been, for most of this year, I've been like, look, man, Carr has been playing very well. 
There were people saying top five. I, I thought he'd been playing like a top 10 quarterback this year. You know, he'd been playing really well, even in some of the losses. He was coming off a great game against Kansas City. But when he's bad, you got to be able to criticize him. And, and it's there's just weird. Look, he was not good today. He underthrew a couple passes down the field, right? I remember the one to Waller, right, which I, I believe Waller should have came down with uh, personally or at least had a better effort on it. Um, it was early in the first Waller had a couple steps on the guy, a step and a half at least. Um, so if Carr does put some air under that and really airs it out, I think Waller is able to go out and get it and probably walk into the end zone. I'd have to see the all 22. So I don't know how confident I am in that right now, but the, even the one to rugs, right. Where, where rugs made that great play on fourth and one, which Holy shit, that play call. That was insane. When you really think about it, it worked. So you're not going to hear anything from me. Uh, uh, too much about that, but that was crazy. So he throws car kind of throws a one-on-one ball to rugs, but I thought I, again, maybe the, I'd have to see where the safety was. If we get a big, bigger angle, all 22 angle, but kind of felt like car under threw that ball too. So it kind of felt like he was off a little bit and I, it just tends to happen. Like his footwork doesn't seem right. When after he, you know, fumbles the ball or gets hit a couple times, he it's, it's not like he's soft. I think he just kind of becomes about almost like self-preservation and I don't mean that in a selfish way. I just think he means like, I can't take a sack, but I also don't want to fumble this ball. So I almost have to take a sack. Therefore I can't extend the play. I think he feels almost trapped. So unfortunately he just didn't play well today. He just didn't. And I, all year I'd been talking about, I was talking about it with Marcus Johnson. I was like, look, man, I think the Raiders are going to win against Atlanta but they haven't had that stinker this year. Just that stinker where car's terrible. Gruden's terrible. Defense isn't good. Offensive line isn't good where they just melt down, right? Just like, like Vikings last year. You know what I mean? Like that game or, or the jets, which that's what this game honestly looked like more, more than anything, but they hadn't had that, just that meltdown game where it's just a complete avalanche for four quarters. And uh, that was today. That was today. And, and car, was it all cars fault? No. No, it's not all Carr's fault. Nobody was good today. I thought maybe Nick Kwiatkowski was the only good player on the field today um, that that played just exceptionally well. Maybe Hunter Renfro, but even he had a drop. But I think it's important that you, Carr does deserve criticism when he doesn't play well. It, it, it can be your offensive line failing a little bit, right? It can be Brandon Parker being blown up and Derek Carr not playing well. It's not one or the other. And, and if you ask some of these people that are Carr stands – they either think Carr played great or Carr didn't have help. Those are the two options. And that's just not true. Quarterbacks can play bad. It does happen. And today was, a, was one of those days. It doesn't mean Derek Carr's having a bad year, and it doesn't mean Derek Carr's a bad quarterback. But he had a stinker. Every quarterback has a stinker for the most part. It was a stinker today. And it all depends on how bad your stinker game is, right? Like some quarterbacks can have a stinker game and still put up numbers. Usually the Carr stinker game, he doesn't do a damn thing. Like we, we know this. So look, it's the quarterback of the team, right? Most valuable position in terms of winning. It's not, I agree that wins aren't completely by themselves a, a, a quarterback stat, but losing this bad, like, like last week, I don't credit him for the Kansas city loss at all. I don't, yeah, I thought he was very much playing winning football. He did not play winning football against the Falcons. And it's important that we call that out. But also on the flip side, you get the people who have been waiting all year, right? Just doing practice swings in the tee box, ready to hit that fucking 
to, <laughs> to tee off on car. Just, all right, finally, here we go. Week 12. They were getting, you know, I mean, it, it just becomes like an for engagement, you know, making these posts, hoping you trigger somebody, that guy that you argued with three years ago after the Seahawks game. How does he feel about this? Oh, let's start this again. Oh, he blocked me. Let me send these screenshots. Oh, wow. Look what this guy's saying. It's so weird, man. Like, it, it's so weird. Why can't you just say he played poorly today, right? And And that doesn't mean anything for next week. Maybe it does. We could all have our opinions on that, but... He played poorly today, and that's all it is. He's been playing well this year, but he played really bad today. And certain people can't admit he's played well besides this, and certain people can't admit that he played poor today. And, look, I understand everybody copes with losses in different ways, but uh, maybe you don't have to, you know, lose friends over it or or not even friends, but make enemies out of it. Shit, Jesus. Um, but I did get a question today from my guy, uh, Raider Savant, at All Hail Al Davis. Shout out. Had a question last time about Foster Moreau, but he said, hey, um, let me let me let me pull it up because he he gave some specific examples. So I, I tweeted tonight. I said, look, I got a sad episode coming out. I hope none of you listen to it. I mean that seriously. I want to talk to nobody today because I, I don't want to be the the negative Nancy kind of guy. I don't want to be uh, negative Rockney here and uh, and have you guys because uh, I'm fighting a lot of negativity back right now. But uh, <laughs> what he said uh, was he goes mailbag question. This is all, at all, uh, all hail Al Davis. Uh, give him a follow if you don't already. What are we looking for at QB next year? He's, he's ready to move on now. <laughs> he said he got, he got cars, bags packed, going on to the airport, giving him a ride. Another year of tanking the draft or somebody like Wentz or Darnold. Uh, all right, Mr. Raider Savant, the, I'll answer your question in reverse. Wentz or Darnold? Eh, nope. Don't want either of them. Uh, I, I would rather have Derek Carr over those two right now. In year four of Gruden's system, I would rather have Derek Carr. I don't think either of those guys are better quarterbacks than than Derek Carr right now. Um, and that's being frustrated with the way he played today. Uh, the draft, I also don't see it. Um, maybe, maybe later, maybe like a, a stash. Somebody they stash like a like how the McKenzie drafts used to be with like Connor Cook and uh, Tyler Wilson, two legends, but. I, maybe they go through the draft or is it another year of tanking? What's like, well, when's the last time we tanked, man, come on. We, we weren't tanking last year, but, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'll tell you right now. I think Derek Carr's still going to be here next year. All summer. I was thinking this was going to be it for Carr. I was thinking, man, I, I look, they brought in like at least somewhat of a backup to him in Mariota. That's been a disaster, a uh, complete waste of money. But then I remember thinking, Okay, he's here this year. That's fine with the COVID pandemic. You want continuity on the offense. Then I had Marcus Johnson on the first episode we did together. And he says, uh, yo, Derek's not going anywhere, man. I don't know why, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I said, really? Not, not at all. He goes, nah, they like each other, man. And I think it's true. I think Gruden does like Derek Carr. I think the I think the clashes that they have, Gruden will have with any quarterback that he has. You listen to Rich Gannon's story. Listen to guys like that. I mean, they did that. When they bought the houses close to each other, that's not nothing. I don't think you're going to like think you're going to like maybe tell the real, real estate agent to put cockroaches in Carr's bathtub. If he's trying to move in next to you and you're trying to get rid of him, you're gonna be like, Hey, put some fucking roaches in there. Make him buy the house two streets over or something. You know what I mean? We, I'll pay you off. And I think, I think Carr's here to stay for a while. And uh, whether he gets the extension or not, I don't know, but I think he's going to be here for the rest of his contract. 
Uh, and if he were to be cut, it would be probably right before he was going to be a free agent anyways. But I think Gruden's looking for a lot worse play than this to get rid of Derek Carr if you're looking at the course of the season. But today was bad. Today was bad. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, offensive line, like I said, was terrible. Brandon Parker is not a right tackle in the NFL. He was drafted to play left tackle. Um, two rounds after Colton Miller. We've already talked about that the last couple episodes. Uh, two left tackles in the draft. That's not a very good team building. Um, you, usually you want to draft your bookends. Um, and Brandon Parker looks noticeably better on the left side. But problem is, is that has to – a, a Colton Miller injury would have to happen for him to play left tackle. So you see how the Trent Brown issue pops up again when Brandon Parker is just not an adequate solution in right tackle. Neither is Sam Young. So that's going to be a problem uh, until Trent Brown comes back. And honestly, who knows what's going to happen there. So uh, offensive line is going to continue to be an issue. But the interior guys, uh, Gabe, Denzel Good, Rodney Hudson, it wasn't good enough today. Um, just wasn't. Uh, in the run game, pass game, anything got to be better. Uh, this off defensive line that the Raiders were playing is not good. Besides Grady Jarrett, Dante Fowler was all over the field today. He's been terrible this year up until this game. Um, was the other guy COC Mariner or something like that? He, I never heard of that guy before today. No joke. And, and he was getting sack fumbles on car, beating Brandon Parker, like a drum. It, it was ugly. Derek Gibson. I mean, come on. Like, what, what are we doing? Uh, so yeah, the line, not, not very good. Um, so yeah, the the problem with Derek Carr and the offensive line is that it it almost has to be perfect for him to play well. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, I was feeling encouraged that he could move around and kind of see when the pocket was breaking down, know the weak spots on the offensive line, know where the pressure was coming from. And he, he just couldn't, he couldn't do it today. And, uh, he's going to need to do that because I don't think there's a solution at right tackle that isn't named Trent Brown for the rest of the year. And he's going to need to continue to make those plays with his feet, uh, get to that second read, um, you know, do, doing what quarterbacks do. So uh, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks, especially this year are playing behind really bad offensive lines. Derek Carr is going to have to do it. Um, and this offensive line isn't even bad. It just played bad today, but I, I expect Derek Carr to, to play better than he is uh, or has been today. So uh, that's not good. Um, I don't think the wide receivers gave Derek Carr a lot of help today either. Like the offense was all around bad is what I'm getting at. Um, Aguilar, couple plays. I, I just, I don't know. He's starting to look like it never, nothing's clean when he catches it. It's very weird. Um, we, we knew the famous Philadelphia story of him dropping passes. We knew that was always going to be at least something. You don't usually always get rid of that. He still made plenty of big plays this year to validate the current contract that he's on. But, you know, as far as giving him extension, I was in favor of it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's a good thing the Raiders weren't. They should probably wait on that a little bit longer uh, because he's going to have to make a few more impact plays for me to think he's deserving of kind of to be part of this team for the long term. Uh, one thing I noticed today is uh, I don't want to be too mean to the guy because he's kind of one of those guys you're not allowed to criticize yet because he is a rookie um, and, and rookies are not finished products. But one guy that I thought was – at least speed-wise, a finished product, right? Talking about speed. It's Henry Ruggs. And is it just me or does Henry Ruggs have a lot of times where he doesn't look like he's running a 4-2-40, you know? He had a reverse today where I'm like, yeah, he should get around the corner there. Nah. He had kind of a, a whip route where he bounced it out, faked inside, went outside, got the ball, and he gets tackled by the first defender. And Falcons are fast sideline to sideline, but... Speed-wise, 
I feel like Ruggs should be able to make stuff happen. Now, route running, we, we, we understand that's going to be a developmental thing for him. But I, I'm, I don't know if I'm concerned about him, but it's, it's just – it sucks when, as a rookie, your speed doesn't really show up on the field. And I remember that being in his scouting report, thinking, like, in a lot of different places, like, ah, he doesn't really play up to that speed that he ran at the Combine. I'm thinking, like, how? You know what I mean? But that's something I've been noticing the last couple of weeks. And uh, people say you should get more targets. Look, I thought Carr made a nice throw to him down the field, even though I thought he had open Edwards on the four verts. Edwards was coming across the middle. Everyone knows that Madden play, right, where you have that easy money out of the slot over the middle on <laughs> on four verts. I thought he had that with Brian Edwards. Nonetheless, I thought, Ruggs, you got to catch that ball. You're the 12th overall pick. So um, that wasn't great. Uh, Waller again, like I said, I, I need a better effort on that. Uh, you're six foot six, probably the fastest tight end in the league. I need a better effort on that one-on-one ball, even though I thought Carr could have put more air under that. Um, I'd have to see the all 22 to really be sure of that, but still need a better effort on that. I've seen worse throws. Um, you know, it was really bad today. And it, this one pains me to say, cause I mean, really it's tough to criticize this guy at all, but, uh, Josh Jacobs, not good today. Should have had two lost fumbles. I, I still think, even though people were, oh, the refs, the refs. Look, man, I still think that was a fumble that they overturned, uh, the early one where Jacobs fell to the ground and, you know, the ball came out. And then he fumbles later in the game. I know he was getting hurt. Uh, but the play that pissed me off the most was that fourth and one play. And I'll get to Gruden in a little bit. I'm going to end the show talking about Gruden, but. Fourth and one, I actually don't mind that play. Everybody's expecting something up the gut, right? Ingold, Jacobs up the gut. That toss play, you get Jacobs one-on-one with Deion Jones, and Deion Jones is a stud, but I, I take Josh Jacobs with literally, against literally any linebacker. No joke, one-on-one. And Jacobs did this, like, hesitation, kind of then tried to run him over, like he was caught in between moves. And if he's hurt, sure, right? I I, I understand that he's been dealing with some, some stuff, but I, I still need that fourth and one converted, man. First round running back, I expect him to at least be able to fall forward for one yard. I thought it was there. I thought that play was there. As some people hated the play call. It's easy to hate any play call when it doesn't work. But I thought that was actually a decent play call. I thought it was a better play call than throwing the one-on-one ball to rugs on fourth and one. Like, what the? how is that the good play call? You know what I mean? Because well, it worked. So I try not to get too much into the results, but results do matter. But with Jacobs, well, he's gotten to that point where uh pardon my take i listen to pardon my take um and, and they say it a lot they say there's certain players like russell wilson stephen curry uh guys like that well they'll say if they have a bad game people go is he hurt and and because you god forbid he can't have a bad game can it just steph curry can't have a bad shooting game russell wilson can't throw it with just a bunch of interceptions oh he must be hurt you know like that's kind of how we are with jacobs if jacobs does something bad we're like ah, he's hurt you know but maybe he just had a bad game I mean, the whole Raiders team had a bad game. Everybody had a flat week of practice, according to Derek Carr. So, um, again, he's not above criticism either. I, I thought he should have converted that fourth and one. I thought that would have set the tone for the game, in my opinion. Could have at least got a field goal on that drive, um, I, I would think. So, man, it, it's uh, there was not a lot of good on offense. But let's move to the defense. Uh, also, not great. But I, I do think the defense had – a game where what did we at what did we say was realistic about the defense this year one it's not good two they should be able to convert or to create turnovers right 
which they did. They were able to convert or committed, uh, excuse me, force a turnover early, um, capitalize on that to ball to Jonathan Abram. Um, they had another one called back on a penalty, uh, which was a nice, another tip pass right to uh, Nick Kwiatkowski. And, and, you know, I, I thought they were, you know, frisky at first. And, and you know, with the Raiders, it's like if, if the, de- the defense makes a few stops early and the, the offense can get that buffer, then I think the Raiders are usually good with the, with the defense that they have. But um, it just it, – it just the dumb penalties, uh, the lack of pass rush, right? That was the two things. And just big mistakes, right? They'll be playing good first and – how many times have we seen this? First and second down. It's like stop the run, uh, short pass for about three yards, and then it's just an easy third down conversion or a penalty, right? And some people blame the refs for that. But some of the, some of the stuff they were doing, those penalties were stupid. Max Crosby roughing the passer, stupid. You know, like I'll, I'll give it to, you know, I know it was on special teams, but the Dallin Levitt play that, that was like one, I, I don't think it was anything that should have been called, but even if it was called to me, that should have been running into the kicker because he was blocked and then just rolled into the guy's foot and shout out young way. by the way, you weren't hurt, bro. Stop. He was not hurt. Every, every time the CBS cameras on, I'm like, oh, grabbing the back of my legs. Like, I, okay, you're out there still kicking field goals. You only got hurt because you missed it. And, uh, yeah, but Dallin Levitt, you know, you get that turnover, you, you get, um, Isaiah Johnson makes a nice pass breakup and then you get roughing the passer there and you just, just dumb stuff, man. Just dumb mistakes. Isaiah Johnson, you know, running into a different, running into a zone where like two other guys were leaves the back of the end zone wide open. And there's just no pass rush. There's just there's just nothing. You could not get to could not get to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan got sacked eight times last week. So I didn't expect the Raiders to do that because they don't have that kind of pass rush. But I was thinking at least more disrupt, disruptive. The only sack they had was a hustle play from Nick Kwiatkowski, which was a fantastic play. Like it was it was great, especially at the time that it happened. Really kept the Raiders in the game at the time. But you know, Mullen and Arnett were injured and and i don't know what's going on with the raiders medical staff but between the trent brown situation with the iv and then arnett going into the concussion tent coming back out and then the referee notices you're concussed like i don't know that's a bit weird to me like your medical staff shouldn't understand that too like i was making a joke on twitter i obviously don't believe this but like what is gruden slipping them the cheat sheet here's the answers to the concussion test damon see out there in a couple minutes you know what what is going on here man like he's obviously concussed out there or, or something, somewhere a referee can see through his face mask while he's playing that it ain't right. So that was interesting. But they're out of the lineup. Isaiah Johnson, Keyshawn Nixon, they all started get playing time, which, I, you know, I will say I, I, it wasn't a disaster. Um, that wasn't what killed them to me. Um, it still was a game lost on turnovers and, and penalties. But some people are saying, oh, you know, fire Gunther. But I, I don't know, man. I don't know how responsible a defensive coordinator is for blown coverages and and penalties. Especially when the Raiders hadn't been committing like that many penalties all year. They've, they've been in the lower half of the league. So what, you know, sure. I, again, I've, I'm not saying we need to keep Gunther around. I just wonder what changes if you, if you bring somebody else in. You got you to have guys that can cover and know their assignments. There's no defensive coordinator. It's like, hey, we're going to blow coverage here. That's that's the play. <laughs> you know, like, guys got to be better. There's definitely player accountability. And uh, 
I don't mind a system change. I expect it to happen in the off season, but I don't think it's going to happen until the off season. Um, and, and you never even know then, right? I think uh, Gruden's shown he's very loyal to this coaching staff. Um, speaking of John Gruden, uh, I got a beef with him today. I got, I got to say, I got a, a big beef with him today. I saw when the Raiders came out, I saw him go for that fourth and one. And, you know, like they didn't get it. I thought that Jacobs should have got it, but he didn't. But I said, look, I like that call, right? They go for it on fourth and three. I said, okay, we're aggressive. Sure, we're aggressive. Third quarter, right? Raiders get down in the red zone, settles for a field goal to make it 23 to six. Still a three score game. Made a three score game, a three score game. It doesn't make any sense. Then the defense gives up another field goal. It's like, it was dumb. So you're aggressive, then conservative, aggressive, conservative. It never seems to line up. Um, Raheem Morris knew everything John Gruden was going to do, too. You could see it. Raiders would run play action, right? Nobody would bite on it. First and 10, Raiders love to run on first and 10. I could yell it out from my couch. I could see it. The Falcons would just sell out on those run plays. Just sell out like like completely because they they knew they said look I got like a seventy percent chance of being right I'm taking that chance every time. But then, what what I what I find what I find weird about it is like I don't think Gruden cares about hiding his plays. Like I'm, I'm not saying he yells out the play to like the other team or anything, but I feel like he thinks like Nah, this works so well. It doesn't matter if you know it's coming. It doesn't matter if you know I'm running. You won't stop my guys. And it's like this weird confidence and almost like ego that he has in his plays because I had Marcus Johnson on a while back. And he, I remember him saying like, there's a play he runs in the red zone all the time. That doesn't work. Like barely works. Ran it against Denver when that led to the Shelby Harris uh, tip ball um, and, and uh, in overtime and ran it again, uh, I think against the lions, it didn't work. There were a couple other times last year. He's run it this year and it hasn't worked. Sometimes cars had to make other plays. Maybe they, you know, gotten bailed out by like a flag defensive penalty, but it hasn't worked. So he keeps running it. It's like the double jerk route in the, in the end zone. And this is what him and I talked about preseason was like, he he's nailed it. He said, I expect the Raiders to start hot, but then the teams to adjust to them. And then Gruden doesn't make that adjustment to them. And I mean, his December record, it is what it is. It is what it is. And this was in Marcus's article about John Gruden making adjustments second half of the season uh, or lack thereof. His record as a head coach in December, 20 and 35. It's not good. That's not good. You have to wonder if this is a part of it, right? He said that we're talking different teams, even the Raiders years when they were, when they were really good, right? His first 10 years with the Raiders, uh, his first couple of years, they had bad games down the stretch. They shouldn't have been playing in Foxborough. Should have had, been hosting somebody, but they failed down the stretch. So this is, I mean, look, we have to criticize this, right? I mean, look, you don't have to. I'm just saying it's not unfair to do so. This is one of the highest paid coaches in the NFL, one of the most kind of beloved guys in the NFL for personality and just, you know, tenacity and stuff like that. He's got a 10-year, $100 million deal. He's going to be here for a long time. So I I don't think we're out of line for criticizing that or, or being skeptical of him down the stretch. And just the overall failure to rise up for this game really bothered me because Gruden was saying, oh, this is the best three and seven team I've ever seen. Almost seemed kind of facetious, you know, kind of like ivory tower, like, oh, you're not in the ivory tower yet. 
Raiders. You're not. You won't be until you have a couple winning seasons in the row, in my opinion. And if they had that flat week of practice, coming off of a loss, too. It's not like they beat Kansas City. All week, I'm seeing the Raiders get all this praise. It's nice. It's it's cool because I'm like, look, they did. They went toe-to-toe with, with the, the Chiefs, the, the defending champs who were killing everybody. They went toe-to-toe. But a loss shouldn't get you, you know, hyped up for like, oh, we could take it easy the next game. And look, I'm not saying Gruden went to practice and said, hey, guys, see, let's get ready for a couple weeks from now because we got the Falcons and the Jets coming up. That doesn't mean shit. I'm not saying that. But I do think that they took the foot off the gas pedal just a little bit. And once they, when they start flat on both sides of the ball or, you know, and then the mistakes happen, they don't usually come back from that. So, look, I, I'd love to say next week, let, hey, bounce back game against the Jets. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not saying they will, they're going to lose. I'm not saying that. I, look, this is, a, this is the – I'm recording this the night of, right, the night of. And I've had some hours. That's the benefit of, start, of a game starting at 10 a.m. West Coast time. I've had some hours to sit on it and – this take might seem a little bit hot, but there is not no such thing as a guaranteed win for the Raiders. There is not. It'd be great. I, I still expect them. I, they should beat the Jets next week, but that will always be in the back of my mind, them laying an egg against a team like that. That will always be in my mind, right? That's just 20 years of losing. It, it, it is what it is. I see people on Twitter. Oh, you're frustrated. Why don't you just leave? Go find another team. Dude, I would have done that in like 2009. If I, I'm here, man, I'm here. I'm going to complain about it, but I'm here. <laughs> you know, like I, I would have left a long time ago. You think I would have been like, nah, let me, let's get through these Dennis Allen years and that'll be fine. No, trust me. I would have jumped ship a lot earlier. It's tough to root for another team other than the one you grew up going for. I don't know how people do it. I can't, but I, I I'm going to say what I see, man. I'm going to say what I see. And you've, if any of you've been listening for a while, when the Raiders have a nice win, Hey, it was a nice win and they get praise from me, but the hell can you praise about this right you guys know who to find you guys know which raiders podcast to find if you want you know nice things said all the time that's it for me this week you know that's it for me i uh one more thing i'm sorry this loss right here raiders are six and five okay let's end it on somewhat positive this isn't the end of the world but it's triggering it's triggered. I'm like those memes triggered. You know what I mean? Like, like just it's, it's bad. It's a bad loss. Now, if they beat the jets next week, it doesn't matter how they do it. You just have to win. They beat the jets next week. Seven and five. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. Got to at least get nine or 10 wins this year. If you want to even think about getting that playoff spot, but a loss to the jets. I am going to pull up some mock drafts on Twitter and crack open the thing of bleach I have under my kitchen uh, bathroom sink. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I, don't, I won't do that, but it's there, and it hasn't been cracked open yet. Totally unrelated. No, nah, man, but if they lose to the Jets, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it on the year. Six and six, right, and, and with just nothing. There's no way you just all of a sudden snap out of it after that. They have to beat the Jets next week. So, yeah, uh, that's that's it for me, Uh it for me guys it was a tough loss let's uh wash our hands of that um i understand if you don't listen this week i don't i never used to never listen to like raider podcasts or even like sports podcasts like when they would do their monday recap like i was listening to them more in the off season because i know i'm not going to hear the bad you know 
it's not that I can't stand bad things about my team. It's just, I got enough of those in my head and you know what I mean? <laughs> let me, let me just focus on something else in life. So I understand that. I understand if I don't get any damn views or plays or anything, I get it. But uh, for those of you who are down to suffer with me, I appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for listening to rock Vegas. Um, let's, I think next uh, episode will come out around Thursday or Friday. Um, definitely try to get ready for that Jets game. And uh, everybody had a good, safe week. I uh, hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, let's go Raiders. Let's bounce back. See you guys later.